So look, I normally am not rummaging through people's things. <laughs> let's let's be clear about that. I'm not rummaging through people's things. <laughs> May we have your attention, please? At this time, turn up the volume on your portable electronic devices. We now request your full attention for Cross Check and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Cross Check and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Cross Check and All Call with Judith and Catherine. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Judith Williams. I'm Catherine Cha. Welcome to Cross Check and All Call, our indispensable guide for women business travelers by women business travelers who've logged more than enough miles to know that dressing nicely is not enough to score an upgrade on a flight. Oh, that's my favorite myth. We're sharing travel tips to take the pain out of business travel because, you know, some people aren't ready for us. And when I say us, I mean women. We're here to help you navigate an industry that just wasn't designed with us in mind. Gentlemen, and everyone else, you are welcome to listen and learn, too. We're going to launch by covering some travel news that is causing us some turbulence. This is a news item that came in from one of our listeners, Katie in Dallas, and that is the news that American Airlines is planning to shrink the lavatories on their airplanes. Judith did a little research and found out that United did this, too, which actually we both probably should have noticed right away. The bathrooms, the lavatories are already really small. I'm not sure how much more they can shrink. I am not a small or large woman. I'm pretty medium-sized, and it's a tight squeeze in there. I think they're already a tight squeeze, and the impetus to decrease the size of the bathroom is coming from a desire to increase the number of seats. So with the 737 MAX plane that's coming out, they're adding 12 more seats. And so they've got to get some space somewhere and they're taking it out of the bathroom. So they're making sinks smaller. They're making that little counter space that's already minuscule, even smaller. They're making the bathrooms both uh, less wide, I guess more narrow, and, and also they're making them so that there's there's less space. Soon it's just going to be a commode and nothing else. You'll just have to like wash your hands with wet wipes or something. So this this just three things pop into mind as we're talking about this. One is what are people of size going to do? Two is now there are an extra 12 people using that lavatory. And the third is People are not going to be able to change their babies in the lavatory. So you know where that's going to happen. It's going to happen on the tray table. It's going to happen on the tray table. So you might want to start packing some sanitizing wipes, which you should already be packing, actually, so that you can sanitize that tray table and those armrests while you're at it. They're pretty gross. So basically, like the bathrooms are getting smaller, right? That's right. And you remember we used to joke about we used to joke about Ryanair. Pay, like charging people to use the lavatory. But now I'm wondering, like, are, are they going to start taking away lavatories? I think they are going to take away lavatories. Could you imagine six hours on a flight with no lavatory? That would be ridiculously disgusting. Judith, there's a myth that I want to bust about scoring an upgrade to business or first class on an airline. What is the myth? The myth is that if you dress really nicely, that the airline will recognize the wonderfulness of your outfit <laughs> and and move you into business class away from the yoga pants clad hoi polloi. 
And how many times has that happened to you? You've dressed up and scored that amazing, you look good, business class upgrade. Never. Never. Because I almost never look nice when I'm traveling. Even if I'm in business clothes on my way to the airport, once I'm through security, the first thing that I do is find a bathroom where I can change out of my grown-up clothes into my, what my mother would call, play clothes. For me, it depends on how long the flight is. If it's a short flight, I can be pretty dressed up. And I actually have been known to wear dresses on flights so that I can come off the flight and go straight to an event and not have to do too much upkeep. But we're talking about business class. And ultimately, there are a few ways to get to business class. The easiest one is you just pay for it. But business class tickets are sometimes 10, 12, even 15 times as much as a coach ticket. So a lot of people don't want to pay for them. So you can score an upgrade. And the way that you do that is loyalty programs. Yes. And loyalty programs. (laughs) Yes. There are a couple of different ways to use your miles to do this. You can just buy the ticket outright with the miles. You can... Upgrade using miles, although sometimes you have to buy a certain fare class in order to do that. Sometimes if you buy in the wrong fare class, you can pay $450 each way and then use your miles to upgrade. But no gate agent is looking at you as you walk up to the to the gate and saying, oh, Judith, you have amazing style. I mean, she does. But that's <laughs> not why you're getting upgraded into business class. I, I, There are occasions if you are friends with somebody who works for the airline that they will sometimes be able to find you a seat. But the gate agent has very little control over who gets into who gets upgraded into business class. That's all done via computer. They have some sort of algorithm that's based on what is your status as a loyal or not flyer of our airline? How much are you paid for the ticket? So if you paid bottom of the barrel rates, you're likely not going to get that upgrade. And then did you use one of the free upgrades they gave you or did you use miles? And all of that gets put into the computer and the computer does its thing. Boop, 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 boop. And then... That reminds me of when Christy Teigen... Oh, yeah. Shout out that tweet about the person who got on the wrong flight. The Remember boarding, their flight? The boarding pass reader is just a boop beep boop machine. Exactly. That's what it is. Just a boop beep boop machine. Right? Yeah. So look, I'm not good at I'm not good at sound effects. It's fine. Phil will Phil will make that sound amazing. I'm sure that he will. Now I, I know that there used to be more latitude for the gate agent. It used to be a lot more manual process back in in the day before everything was pretty much determined by an algorithm. But now when you check in, they know exactly what your status is, what you paid for the ticket. There also is something about when you purchase your ticket. So if you buy the same ticket at the same class and you have the same status, but you purchased your ticket ticket prior to another passenger, then you will be higher on the preference list. So, But it is definitely a really controlled algorithm. Yeah, Uh, The only time this isn't the case is, as I was mentioning, if you know somebody who works for a particular airline and there is space in business class and the gate agent is feeling in a really good mood, 
that gate agent does have the ability, if there's an empty seat, to move you from economy into business class. But they don't change any other details, which means that if you're on a 15-hour flight to Australia, you're still eating economy class food. You're not getting the food that's being served in business class. So that's if you're gonna if you're worried about that, then that's something to consider. You will be more comfortable probably in a seat that lies flat, but you have to be pretty good friends with somebody who works for the airline. And then you have to sit next to the person that is actually going to have the first class meal while you eat your economy meal, which can't be good. I suggest bringing your own food in that case. (laughs) Almonds, Almonds and pistachios are your friend. Now, once you've scored the magical upgrade, what's so great about business class? Why do we want to be in business class, Catherine? I don't know. Sometimes I sit there and it's actually not that much more comfortable than economy class. And the dude sitting next to me, despite there being extra room, still has his elbow in my waist. But you do have usually a little bit more elbow room. You don't have to pay for the entertainment on the plane. The times that I've been in business class, I have either, like Judith said, paid for it or been upgraded. I I don't know if you remember one time I was flying from Houston. I was dressed in my play clothes and there was a guy at the – he was haranguing the gate. Well, he wasn't haranguing her. He was trying to be charming. He was trying to be trying to be charming. So he was needling her, basically. He was like, hey, so are there any upgrades available? He did not have nice clothes on. He was dressed marginally better than I was, um, but kept saying, hey, you know, if there's an upgrade, I'd really love to sit in business class. Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Is it full? How about now? Can you move me into business class? And the gate agent was shockingly patient, shockingly patient. Um, But he, they called, this was back when they boarded business class first. It might have been in the continental days. This might have been before. Before the dreaded United Continental merger. Before the merger. But they called business class. I get in line to go on. And this guy out loud could not help himself said, she's sitting in business class? Oh, my goodness. That reminds me of when I was, I think I was flying back from Dublin, and I got in line to check in, and I was in the business class line because I had a business class ticket. I actually had purchased a business class ticket because I was traveling for work, or actually my my employer purchased a business class (laughs) ticket because I was traveling for work, and I was standing in the line, and this woman pulls up to the front. She says, excuse me, excuse me, I'm in business class, I'm in business class, and I looked at her and said, I can read. I, too, am in business class. And she got like a weird look on her face and then didn't move. And I said, I think you want to line up behind me. And then she did and we get through. And then I, I saw her in the lounge and I took a picture and posted it on social media for all my friends to mock her. Because that's what we do. I'm surprised at the number of people who will go right past me with the assumption that I don't know how to read numbers or that I'm trying to elbow my way into the wrong line. And so they just go past me like I'm invisible. This is actually a pretty common occurrence. And I don't I don't understand what that is because it's 2018. It's I've been traveling for work since the early 2000s, modern times. Ladies have had the vote for 
a while. And they've let ladies get on planes for a while, even in business class. And when you, when, I just want to go back. When you say the numbers, we're talking about when it's for group one, two, three, four, five, when they yes. have you line up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always, there's a sign that has the number so that you know where to line up. I just, I don't understand what that is. I've had so many, uh, look, my experience is it's always a man. You had that woman blow past you in Dublin. For me, it's always a dude. It's always a dude who's running late. And he seems to think that he can just charge to the front of whatever line is boarding. I am not as confrontational as you. I'm a little bit afraid of getting hit. But I will be kind of sarcastic, like, oh, I see that you're in a hurry. Please go ahead. And they will often be a little bit shamefaced, but they still go ahead. See, I'm a little bit more direct. I like to go with the, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I I believe you didn't see the line that I am standing in. As the years go by, I will let out a, we're all in group one. And then people, generally dudes, will kind of be like, oh, oh, oh. And they will, they'll go to the back of the line, but you can see them muttering under their breath about it the entire time. And, and it's very interesting because I will often see the lines and I will walk deliberately to the back of the line to say, hey, are you at the end of group one? Rather than thinking that I get to walk to the front of the line because people don't line up because it's fun. People usually line up for a reason. So it just seems like the logic fails me. I don't, I don't understand what all those dudes or guys are thinking when they go right to the front of the line. The worst part is those are the guys who, if they're sitting next to you, also feel like they get to start a conversation about whatever they want to talk about. And they always want to talk about something. I usually think that the conversation starts with them trying to figure out exactly why I am in business class. So they'll ask, oh, are you going home? And I will turn to them and say, uh, yes, I am going home or no, I'm not. I'm going off. Thank you very much. And then go back to my reading material, which I am very obviously reading so that I don't have to talk to the person sitting next to me. I I just I can't. uh, You've come back from so many trips with with stories like this where some guy is sitting next to you really working hard to figure out what you're doing there. How did you get here? Did you take something from that belonged to somebody else? That's the that's the sense that I get. Or they talk to you. I what I often get, I don't know what it is about my face. I often get people who think I'm kind of dumb. Oh. So they talk to me like I'm a child. Oh. I don't really like that. I mean, does anyone like that? I mean, even children don't really like the way I people mean, talk to them. Somebody must because they keep doing it. I don't know. I don't know. Bad PR. I don't know. I, uh, and because of that, they especially don't like it when <laughs> if somebody is putting – look, if you're a really tall man, I get that maybe you need a little bit more legroom. But if you're not an especially tall man, that overhead space is shared space. And so sometimes I'll be like – Hey, you know, if you put that bag under the seat in front of you, then I could get my rollerboard in that space as well. And if there isn't enough room in front of you, I'm happy to put your bag in front of me. Oh, wow. You make that offer? How many people take you up on that offer? Because I would never make the offer. Nobody. Because (laughs) would you trust me with your bag in front of me? I wouldn't trust you. And does that count as like, I guess it's not abandoning your bag if you have line of sight, but I don't know. That seems pretty dangerous in a plane. So look, I 
normally am not rummaging through people's things. <laughs> let's let's be clear about that. I'm not rummaging through people's things. But I think I think if you are somebody who's been called on perhaps not complying with the generally understood rules of air travel and the woman who calls you on it also offers to have your small bag with your probably the most the most valuable things you're carrying with you in front of her. That she may or may not rummage through because he doesn't know that you don't rummage he through things. He doesn't know that I don't rummage through things and he might be thinking that I'm looking to find out more about him and how much <laughs> cash he's carrying. No one carries cash anymore. Some people do. Yeah, I guess some people we do. We had to have cash last night for a karaoke. Yes, we did. All those singles. So I don't know why it's a surprise for so many of these gentlemen to see women in first class. Although, truthfully, when I see more than one or two women in business class, I'll take a picture and post it because I'm so excited. One time I was in business class, it was a three-row business class and one entire row, so two and two, all women. Oh, wow. I don't see that a lot. I, it's almost always a bunch of dudes and me and maybe one other woman. I did have this one instance where I was seated in business class and a woman sat next to me. And I don't know, I, I was in some sort of weird mood. So I actually talked to her for the flight. And I think it was because <laughs> it was interesting. So like <laughs> and she so not like me. And she was talking about a sexual harassment incident with her boss. And, you know, given that I've worked in HR, I was basically coaching her through, here are the words that you need to use. Words like hostile workplace, words like pattern and practice of threatening behavior. I was like, these are the kinds of words that will make people listen. But it was, I think the reason why we both had the conversation was because we're just not used to sitting next to other women in business class. And it didn't seem the same level of icky as it does. It didn't seem like either of us were trying to figure out why the other person was there. We just accepted, oh yeah, we're both here in business class. We can have a conversation about real issues. And I hope she was able to resolve that. And I don't want to necessarily discourage people from talking to us because if you listen to the podcast, obviously we're going to be super happy to talk to you. I I have had really good conversations with the gentleman sitting next to me because they didn't go into it with a sort of, what's this weird creature doing in business class? I've never seen one of you here before, right? Just a human to human conversation. If you come at me like I'm a human, I'm much more likely to talk to you. Here's... Here's why I'm a little bit mixed on sitting in business class on domestic flights, because I, I do have some mixed feelings about that. It's sure it's more comfortable. The seat is wider and there's more room in front of me. But I also find that people there are more poorly behaved. So I think you're more likely to see somebody putting all of his belongings and his coat up into the overhead compartment so that he takes up an entire one and nobody else in business class can get anything into that compartment. I also find that they are more likely to feel entitled to a conversation from you even if it's a if it's a an impertinent one where he's digging for information that's not his business i i think it's it's more helpful on international flights look i'm not going to turn down an upgrade in domestic but i also do have some anxiety about will i be able to get my rollerboard up in the overhead compartment sitting in business class because so many people will put things up there that should be under the seat in front of them and then where does my bag go and then i have to wait for half of economy to 
disembark before I can get back and get my suitcase. And sometimes I haven't planned appropriately and I don't I just don't have time to wait for that. I definitely understand that anxiety. I, I struggle with it even more now that I am traveling with a mandolin, which takes up more space. I And I try to be very respectful when I can. I actually ask the flight attendant if she can put it in the closet, but that's not always the case. And the other thing I think about flying domestically, it's 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 less the the people and certainly there there is some bad behavior, but it's also the product. If you're not flying uh, a transcontinental where you're going from the West Coast to the East Coast, you know, the seat certainly bigger. It's going to have a, a bit more space, but it's not a lie flat seat. The entertainment is not going to be the same quality that you'll get on an international flight. You know, the food uh, is not necessarily going to be the same quality. And I don't know if you saw that article about United decided to roll back some of the food from Polaris class, which is Polaris is their business class, their business first product or their business class product. And there was outrage. So United had to come back and be like, oh, no, 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 just kidding. We're, we're, we're actually going to continue with a lot of the same food. Oh, United. I wish I could quit you. I, I mean, you know, I as I like to say, I'm United's bitch. What can I do? I mean, you don't like to say it. Well, that's true. I don't like to say it. I feel like I have to say it because what am I going to do? I... Yeah, no, same. We talked about this on the on the first episode. We are both just sort of owned by United. Uh, here's the other thing about business class. I understand that it's great to have free alcohol, but and I try not to. I try not to be judgy about people in business class. I mean, I, I, it's obvious how successful I am at that, but I can't tell you how many times somebody sitting next to me on a two-hour flight has made it through four Bloody Marys. Well, I've never done that, but I have definitely gotten drunk in business class. I was on a flight. I think I was flying to Vietnam or Thailand. It was a pretty long flight. And I drank so much wine that the flight attendants cut me off. And they did it so expertly as though they had cut people off so many times. Like this fleet of flight attendants, they came out and they surrounded me and they cleared my table and they like laid back the seat for me. And the next thing I knew, I was like wrapped up like a mummy asleep, wondering what had happened. And I I thought they did an expert job and I probably needed to stop drinking wine. That's so dangerous. What are you going to do if something happens on the flight and you have to have your wits about you and get off the plane and live? I just like to live on the edge like that. Although my friend Tom told me this story about someone who did something similar. They drank a lot on the plane and then they ended up uh, getting deep vein thrombosis and dying on the plane. And so I've definitely curtailed the amount that I drink on planes since then. I was on a flight from Australia and for the first and only time on the flight as they're making the announcements, one of the flight attendants said, ladies and gentlemen, a couple of things. If you are in economy class, please do not lie down and sleep in the aisles. The flight attendants <laughs> need, to, need to use that space to do their work and get the carts in and out. Also, some of you are planning to sleep on this flight. If you take Ambien, please don't also drink alcohol. I was like, what happened? What happened on the last flight? I wish I had been on that one. Yeah, that was definitely the flight that you wanted to have been on. So overall, I think our tips for business class are, ladies, 
get on there like you own it because you do. You don't make it into business class on the whim of some gate agent you've been flirting with. You're there because you paid for it or you are using miles that you earned somehow. Um, so don't don't take any crap from anybody. You don't owe that dude sitting next to you a conversation. Put your noise-canceling headphones on, pull out your Us magazine, and relax for your flight. Oh, yes. We should say Us magazine is the the um, overly interested man repellent. If you are reading the Wall Street Journal, they're going to wonder why somebody as dumb as you is reading such a hard newspaper. But if you read Us Weekly, they feel like you don't have anything valuable to say. So that's... That's Judith. That is something Judith has discovered through much trial and error. Yeah, it's like repellent. As we travel, we're always on the lookout for products to make life on the road easier and better. So it's time to let you know about the products that are airworthy and those that should be grounded. Since we've been talking a lot about what makes flying more comfortable, we want to talk today about one of our favorite luxuries on flights. And that's the White and Warren Travel Wrap. The White and Warren Travel Wrap. So you're probably wondering, what is a travel wrap? Yeah, it's really just a big old scarf. It's somebody, not somebody, White and Warren is a cashmere company. They have made a blanket and called it a scarf. And it is so light and so fluffy and so cozy and, and so warm. warm. Yeah, it's perfect for the times when you're freezing on the plane. It's big enough that it will actually cover you as you're seated from shoulders to ankles. Don't let that thing touch the floor of the airline. You never airplane. want it to touch the floor. You can also, if you don't want it to cover you, you can put it over your shoulders like a shawl, both on the plane and after the plane. You can use it as a scarf. It's a wonderful, versatile item that should always be in your travel bag. I have used that thing as an extra blanket in hotels where the HVAC was not working. I have also done that. But I do want to talk about, you remember when it used to come in cable? Oh, I do. Yeah, I think I think I got you one of those. You did. I haven't seen it since. No, I carried that thing everywhere. And then I tossed it into the backseat of a rental car and dropped the car off at SFO, got as far as the air tram, realized it was missing, actually turned around and went back for it. And they were like, yeah, you're going to have to call Lost and Found. So I called Lost and Found from the air tram. And they were like, yeah, you're just going to have to keep track of the Lost and Found list on the website. And I never saw that thing again. So what we understand about the people who clean rental cars is that they also appreciate the beauty, the warmth, the luxury of a cashmere. Sometimes when I'm out and about and I see, you got me the blue one, when I see somebody with a blue scarf, I will sometimes go in for a closer look. <laughs> Just to, to make see, sure that it's not that one. Is that my cable knit white and Warren travel wrap? The cable knit was so good because it was extra warmth with the cables. Yeah. And it definitely had like that detail. And they don't they don't make it anymore. If you go on the site, it's only the straight white and Warren 
travel wrap. And and that's great. It comes in lots of different colors. So you can get whatever suits your fancy or whatever, you know, meets the needs of your color palette for the day. But that cable one, it, it was it was a pretty great one. It's gone. I did buy my mother one in red. Um, and when she moves back to Texas, I have a feeling she's not going to need it. So I might just take that back from her. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I, I do have still, this was years ago, I still have like pain in my soul from having lost that because it was one of the best gifts gifts anyone ever gave me. Oh, Well, and I, I, I know that there are probably other manufacturers that make travel wraps, but I have never seen any that is as perfect in terms of the weight, the size, the color range, and just the, the comfort and the coziness of the White and World travel wrap. So our tip is get you a travel wrap. You don't have to use the nasty blankets that a thousand people have used before you and sneezed all over when you have a travel wrap. And don't fool yourself that they're washing those things. Yeah, I agree. If you can swing the White and Warren travel wrap, do it. If not, just get the biggest one that you can find because it will be much more versatile if you do that. And White and Warren often has sales on a variety of colors. Yeah, that's true. I went on the the website this week and I found that there were at least three colors that were about a third off. So that's a pretty good discount. I wish you hadn't told me that. Oops. I thought I was the one with the shopping problem. Uh, no, we have that in common. All right. Well, that's our show. You can catch us back here every Monday. Now, if you've enjoyed the show, we have a small favor to ask. Please leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps spread the word about our show. And tell your friends about us, too. We'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. You can check out all of our articles and product reviews soon at crosscheckallcall.com. And so many of you have already started sending us news articles and emails, and we love that. So please keep sending them. We want to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CCAC Podcast to stay up to date on all the news. And also feel free to send us an email at crosscheckallcall at gmail.com. I'm Catherine Che. I'm Judith Williams. Our theme was composed by DJ Crimson. Special thanks to Greg Francis for his sonic support. Our show is produced by Phil Circus. We'll see you next week. <laughs>